Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. And uh, it won't be here next week because we start a new series. But I've been, I've been thrilled with this process, this journey that we have been on. And welcome live stream audience and Facebook Live and all the lives that you're watching now. Uh, you're finding us here in Rome, Italy, as we tell you that God loves you and has a plan for your life. That's our message. It's not complicated. God loves every one of you and has a great plan for your life. And as the young person read to you in Italian and the young adult read to you in English our theme verse for this month, it's very specific. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Hopefully you've memorized that verse with us this month because I believe that if you've got that in your heart, you, when you're going through difficult moments, you're going to say, no, the resurrected Savior lives in my life, and he can help me today. So I felt for those of you maybe watching for the first time or you're new to our services, I'd give you a quick recap of our first few weeks. You know, we're talking about the place. This whole year is about amazing happens at a place. Well, this place, this month, is an empty tomb. But we started with the story of Lazarus. You know, the scripture I read to you was Jesus talking to the two sisters of Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus, come forth, a dead man. But he came forth and he lived. I'm telling you, that day in Bethany, where this miracle took place, there was an empty tomb. Because it wasn't filled with Lazarus anymore. It was empty. And anybody that would say, I didn't believe, all they'd have to do was look where he once was and know that he's not there anymore because he was alive. And the amazing thing about the next chapter was the fact that Jesus, before he comes to Jerusalem, stops one more time in Bethany. You know, he walked on this planet for about three years. He had done many miracles. But the last stop before Jerusalem, before the cross, before the tomb, the last stop for Jesus was Bethany. To me, that's just one more amazing thing that Jesus does. He stopped to remind us one more time that I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes, though he did, yet shall he live. Wow. I love the fact that the scripture reinforces itself. You know, two weeks before that, Jesus goes to Bethany and then he ends up in Jerusalem and, and that was triumphal. I mean, People were waving palm branches and throwing their coats down and saying words like, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes. And the, they, they, I mean, the city, the major city 
of the world, Jerusalem, was, was all excited about Jesus showing up. But that triumphal entry quickly turned to a trial. And a lot of people rest their messages on the trial part, the, the difficult moment, the cross, the, the painful agony. But we rested our moment. We told you that it turned into a testimony. You know, because so many of us think our lives, when the difficult moments come, and I'm telling you, my friend, there will be difficult moments. But that's not the end of the story. It's only a part of the book. It's only a part of the chapters. He's the resurrection and the life. You're going to go through the difficult moment, but God's going to come through for you. Hello? God's going to come through for you. If you believe. In the last week we, which was last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday for the church, the world around the, you know, the church around the world, I talked to you about the truth of the resurrection. Is this really true? Is this just a scripture or was it really true? I showed you in the Old Testament, then I showed you in the New Testament. But it really comes down to what you'd believe. Do you really believe it to be true that Jesus did die on a cross, that he was placed in a borrowed tomb, and that three days later he did come back to life? We know that the tomb is empty. It, it, it's not Jesus in the tomb any longer. He is now at the right hand of the Father. And he's making intercession for you and I so that we can know that what he said, he's the resurrection and the life. But there's got to be the belief. So today I finish this series, and I want to establish, I've been waiting. I had this message in my heart when I started last month's on Lazarus in the empty tomb with Lazarus. And for all of these weeks, I've been waiting for this message because I want to establish your place of resurrection. We know the other places. I mean, it's written. But I want you to be able to establish your place of resurrection. So, number one, where's that starting place? Where is that? It's the place of believing. Inviting Christ into your life. These children and young adults all testified today by not just the words out of their mouth, but their actions. That there was a belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, we have to speak not only with our words, but with our actions. The belief in our Lord Jesus Christ. Believing. The world will know it if you believe. I'm just telling you. If, if, if they're looking at you and they're saying, hey, what's different about that person? They'll see it in your life in what you believe. Because when the tests come your way, they'll see what happens in your life. They'll see your actions and your reactions to not good things. Has anybody ever had any bad days? 
Okay, six people in the whole room. <laughs> Had anybody gotten any diagnoses from a doctor that said something you didn't want to hear? Did anybody ever say, I don't have enough money? Okay, well, man, I got a rich crowd today. Let's take another offering. I mean, did your kids ever act out and do things that you thought they should never do, but they did it? And you say, what happened? You know, it's angels. My two, two of my granddaughters yesterday, they sent us a message and uh, they established a hotel on their steps of their home. So each step, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you what I saw. Each step was a layer of the hotel. And they had babies on step one and babies on step two. And, and the youngest one's trying to tell the older one how to adjust the bed in, in step number three. And I'm thinking, this is amazing that these kids at, at, at this young of an age, three and five years of age, are sitting there trying to design a hotel on the steps of their home. Because they figured out that there's going to be some difficulties so that the young kid, the youngest, reached over and said, no, the baby shouldn't go there. And the older turns and says, no, no, the baby needs to sit here. There's difficulties that happen. Yeah, I know that's a childlike story, but our situations of our lives seem sometimes a little bit more complicated, don't they? A little bit harder. The house that I thought was going to be there is not there. The issue that I have, big. The doctor said, big. The problem in the house, big. The problem in the family, big. And the difficulties are painted. Because even though we have the starting place, you may know that there's going to be some difficulties in that journey. So even though you know where you first believed, I first believed, those individuals today told you about their belief. They believed that Jesus came into their life. I know what was written in the in the. In the classes that they had to take because I wrote it. There had to be a belief system that they were not only going to say these words, but they were going to live these words. You can't just tell the world, and I'll tell you what, I know our church and the pictures from Facebook Live alone, in the instant they were being taken, there was thousands of people around the world watching what was going on right there. It's amazing how fast it spreads. And people will know. See, do you remember when you gave your life to Christ? You remember that moment? How old were you? Now don't tell me. Has anybody ever asked again? Messed up and had to ask again? Okay, three people are honest in my church now. That starting point, the Bible says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, see, it's a resurrection process. You're, you're dying, but you're living. The old is gone and the new is coming. 
The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, As for you, you were dead in transgressions and sins. Now, nobody likes to hear that word. You were dead? Listen, you may not know it, but if you don't have Jesus, you're dead. Say, well, that's pretty direct. Yeah, that's direct. Because nobody walks out of my chats and say, I wonder what the preacher said today. I'm confused. And I know our translators today, as they're communicating that to you with the headsets, I'll guarantee you it's clearly communicated. Because we use the word of God as we showed you earlier that the children even know. How can an 11-year-old girl be able to say so clearly what she believed and what she wants out of her life? I think it's parents. I think it's church. I think it's what's happening around her. But I can tell you, my friend, that 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it very clearly. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. It's come. It's happened. The old has gone and the new is coming. What's that say to you? You're not perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought when I accepted Christ, I'm all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many has realized that you didn't turn out perfect the day you accepted Christ? Okay, I'm up to about 30 in my church now that want to be honest. Everyone should have raised their hand on that one. But the perfection is a process of becoming like Christ. If you're going to be like Christ, you've got to keep working. The things that have weighted you down, the things you struggle with, you try your very best to allow the Word of God to be absorbed in your life so that those characteristics now become godly. They become Christ-like. Because if you really look at where you've come from, some of you would say, I've come a long way. I loved one of our young adults in this testimony time today saying just in a few months of being here in our country and being in our church, her life has been changed. Why? Why? Because the old is gone and the new is coming. It's happening. And sometimes as I I teach you very often, it it can come in, in spurts and you can go faster at times. When you really grab hold of the truth that you're hearing on Sunday and say, you know what, I'm really going to apply that to my life this week. I love it. I'm going to read to you Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 11. You know me, I usually don't read long passages of Scripture. But I felt today because some of you somewhere in the world or maybe in this audience here in Rome... Maybe saying, I don't know that I completely understand that journey. I come from a different type of religion, or I come from a different type of church, or I've never been in church. I felt that this explanation to you will help you understand that starting place. What shall I, we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. 
How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, remember, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, if we've been united in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Oh, my goodness. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. See, you don't have to keep on sinning because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Get that in your heart today. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Don't you want to live? I want to live. Well, we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So if you didn't know the whole passage, if you didn't know the story before, and you've only heard for the very first time this subject of the resurrection, and you're debating in your mind, how do I get in this ball game? How do I get going? There's this starting place with God that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can be saved. It's the starting point. So if you've got a starting point, there has to be something that happens in the resurrection. That's number two. What's happening? Well, your life will be changing. Some of the things you used to do, you don't do anymore. Hello? You once were lying, now you don't lie. You once were stealing, now you don't steal. You once was cheating on tests. That's for all them university students. Now you don't. Because you're alive in Christ Jesus. Jesus ain't going to cheat on the test. Jesus ain't cheating on the job. Jesus ain't lying. And that got softer and softer as I, I, hear me, your actions out loud speak louder sometimes than your words. Your life will be changing. Miracles will start happening. Answers to prayer that you prayed. Remember our line in our church, one prayer away from a miracle. How about today? Can God heal me today? Yes. Can God fix my problem today? Yes. Can God solve this? Yes. One prayer. <laughs> Say, well, I've already prayed. Pray again. 
I prayed 10 times. Pray 11. I mean, how desperate are you for the answer? Listen, if I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep believing that an answer is about to start happening. Because I believe. I'm not dead any longer. I'm alive. Man, only about 10 of you have got this yet. What's ha- what else is happening? My loved ones are getting saved. Really? I mean, look at it. My grandma gets saved from a, from a strict, devout, I mean devout, Catholic household. My grandfather, all from L'Aquila region of Italy, could not understand because that he believed and was taught that if she left the faith, she's going to hell. No exceptions to the rule. You're on your way to hell. So my grandfather would lock her out of the door of the house when she'd go off to church on Sunday night. They migrated to America and because he was so upset that his wife would leave the Catholic Church. But she got saved. Then she gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you what, that household was turned upside down. Because now all these teenage, five teenagers in this house and a husband saying, what happened to mom? What happened to my wife? This is different. But she kept living the life, being locked out of the house when it's pouring down snow and and it's freezing outside. And the kids would sneak down at night to open the door so mom could get back in the house. And one by one, the kids started getting saved. The teenage kids started getting saved. And before long, granddad gets saved. And before long, the cousins start getting saved. It's a, it's a contagious thing. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. And people start seeing you being alive in your life. They don't see you as this person that doesn't know where they're going, has no plan for their life, has no destiny, has no future, but they know in their heart I'm going somewhere because Jesus has been resurrected in my life oh my goodness remember I set you up I've been working on this one for two months see the Jonas so what happens in the resurrection the Jonas were running from God some of you were there But God captured him by his mercy and his grace. And even though it took him three days in the fish's belly, he came back to life. You had to be here last week to really get that one. What's happening in the resurrection? How about the blind man? The man born blind. This is for all of you that have never heard. Maybe you're sitting in this room. I've never heard God loves me. Maybe you're watching somewhere in China right now. I've never heard God loves me, has a plan for my life. Never heard it in your whole life. There's a passage in the Bible about this guy that was born blind. 
And I think of this, this story so often because I think of the naysayer. I think of the person that says, no, nah, that, that's not true. Jesus shows up, and this guy gets some mud in his eye that Jesus puts there. Psh, mud, mud, psh, uh. go wash in the pool of Siloam. Okay, I'm going to do that. Well, I mean, why would I do that? Some guy, total stranger, just spits in my face. Most of you would start yelling. Hello? Most of you would be ticked off. Some guy walks up to me, spits on the ground, puts a little mud on my eyes, and says, now go wash. But there must have been something about the countenance or the presence of Almighty God showing up in that man's little circle right there. And he's saying, you know what, I don't know who this guy was, but I'm going to go and do what this guy said. And all of a sudden, he washes his eyes, washes his face, gets the mud off of his eyes, and all of a sudden, he sees. Oh, my goodness. You talk about a miracle. It's a part of the resurrection. It's a part of this guy's life being changed. He, he says, I don't know. I used to be blind, but now I get to see. Well, who did this? I'm not sure. All I know is I believe. I mean, think about that. I mean, what's it going to take for you to really believe in Jesus? What's it going to take for you to get up off your chair and take one of them packets today and say, you know, I'm going to tell somebody else because there may be a blind man sitting by the road out there on that street, maybe in that subway somewhere that needs my little handout to them today, and I'm going to believe that God is going to change their life. Hmm. Sorry, translator, I know it went real fast. But listen to me, my friend. Stuff happens when Jesus shows up. Good things happen when Jesus shows up. So the resurrection is happening. How about the Saul guy in the Bible? I mean, he says, I'm the vilest of all the sinners. So you may be sitting there today or listening on camera today and you say, man, I'm too far gone. I'm too messed up. See, God can bring you to your place of resurrection. Even on your road to do more evil. You know, you can't just do one sin. Anybody ever just done one sin? Uh, don't raise your hand. Because one sin usually leads to another sin, which leads normally to the third sin, and, and all of a sudden you are, boy, you're helping me now. Hear me. But God has the ability because he loves us so much to even change your name. See, his life, Saul's life was not just changed. It was resurrected change. See, if all this has really happened and I could have went on for an hour enlisting you all the people that had life changes. But remember, this is a lot about your story. What has God done for you? How has your life been changed? There came that moment when you believed and you had your resurrection moment. 
See, the results of the resurrection are for us. The results of the resurrection is for us. So the result of the resurrection, the Jonas. They aren't just out of the fish's belly. That's not the end of their story. You need to get this, church. I'm just telling you because some of you got the Jonah life. You've been going the wrong direction. You show up to church sometimes. You do a few things sometimes, but you got the Jonah life. Just kind of, I'm not really doing what God asked me to do. You love me, don't you? Hear me. I can't do that. I'm not brave. I'm not strong. The power of God is inside of you. The life-changing power of God. You are not the same person you used to be. You are different. And you got to convince yourself that you're different. So the Jonas that was told by God, go to Nineveh and preach. Do you know his lame brain excuse? None of you would have any kind of excuse like this. God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh to preach. He's a preacher. He says to God, no. Camera. Don't say no to God. He thinks he can outrun God. You can't outrun God. He will find you. Fish's belly, big fish, storm, you know the story. But his story doesn't end after he gets out of the fish's belly. The Jonah story, the result of the resurrection in Jonah's life, he was resurrected when he said the prayer in the fish's belly. God, help me. There may have to be that prayer in your life that you say, God, help me. He gets himself off the beach and he goes where God tells him to go and he preaches the message and a revival breaks out in Nineveh and all kinds of people get saved. The man born blind, I ask you the question, did the resurrection happen at the scene of the natural eye or did it happen in the spiritual eye think about it did his resurrection happen only because he could see in the natural or was there a change happening he had never heard about Jesus he'd never felt the healing power of God before he'd never been in the presence of God before all he knew is that God or someone showed up. They found out later it was Jesus. But he says, I love this story, and I wish I had another 30 minutes, but I'm not going to take it today. I love the story because the parents now, because they're afraid. Here's their son of age, which means he had to be 
20-something, 30-something, okay? Somewhere in those age numbers because he was of age, but born blind. Brought into the spiritual leaders, not really spiritual leaders, but spiritual leaders, and they said to the parents, How the, is this your son? Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, we don't know, but it's our son. Instead of resurrection power happening in the parent's life, they're going to get it later, I hope. Because they get to see their son who had been born blind now being able to see. And instead of standing up and saying, I know that God changed my son's life, they wimped out. That he's of age, ask him. And I love his response. This one thing I know, I used to be blind. <laughs> but now I see. And you guys can say whatever you want, but I, I can see now. They wanted to say, it looks like somebody else. It couldn't have been him because they did not believe in resurrected power. They did not believe. Listen, just because they say they're spiritual, don't make them spiritual. Just because they say they're a prophet doesn't make them a prophet. It always is supported by the word of God. If it's not supported by the word of God, it's not the prophet. It's not the word of God. Don't even pay attention. Because there's going to be a lot of people trying to tell you what to do. Make it back up to what the word says. And lastly, how do Saul's become Paul's? That's the new name that Saul was given. His new name was Paul. You know, his story is amazing as well. His job was to kill and persecute Christians. That's his job. But he has his resurrection moment on the road to Damascus to do more damage. God changes his life. So much so that now even as I walked this team yesterday to Paul's prison here in our city, it's amazing what happened to that man's life. You talk about resurrected power. How does he go from someone to killing the Christian to encouraging and uplifting the Christian and even dies for Christianity? How's that happen? His life was changed. His life was resurrected. He becomes the Paul that writes a lot of the New Testament. How does God trust him with that? He sees the transformation. See, my friend, the result of the resurrection is life-changing. And I'm going to say it very loud. I'm going to say it very clear. You can't keep this to yourself. Do you hear me? You can't keep it to yourself. Because if you're keeping it to yourself, my friend, I'd have a strong debate with you on whether or not your life has really been changed. Because my Bible says... You're supposed to go everywhere and tell everyone the good news. There's no options on that. Well, I come to church every week, Pastor. I put offerings in there. No, 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 no. We're not talking about that. There's scripture for that. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Get yourself in church. 
Not when you feel like it, every week. Hello? Now, there is no exemptions here. I mean, you can watch us live every week. So if you're on mission somewhere else, don't skip church. Just saying. Fulfill what God's asked you to do. If you really are resurrected, your life is living a resurrected life, you won't just sit in a chair. You'll do something for the kingdom of God. You'll advance this kingdom. And I want you to know, my friend, it's time that the church start advancing. Because of my grandmother deciding that Jesus changed her life, she was going to affect her family. Because of Acts 16, 31 that says, if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I will be saved and my household. That means your sons are going to get saved. That means your brothers are going to get saved. That means your uncles are going to get saved. That means your husbands are going to get saved. Or your wives are going to get saved. That's what it means. Your household will be saved. It's the promise of God. And the resurrected power that is now living in you gives you the ability to share this message everywhere. Don't sit on it. So where is that starting place? Have you been there yet? Have you? Have you said, God, forgive me? Man, you can come. Have you, have you been there? I know most of you I see every week. And I know, I know you're walking with Christ. But some of you, my friend, I've never seen before. I can't let you out of this room thinking, I just walk on out. No, 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 no. I want you to see a life change. I want to see that God changes your life. How's that happen? Amazing happens here. I used three different kinds of people today to give you the illustration. But because my grandmother gave her life to Christ, I stand in Rome, Italy, preaching the gospel because it goes from generation to generation to generation. When God gave me the opportunity to come back to my homeland, I wasn't gonna miss my moment. When God gave me the, the nugget that I could reach a million, I said, man, there's gonna be a lot of people who say, oh, Ain't no way, Rick. Come on, Pasquale, there ain't no way. How are you going to reach a million? I got a great answer. God. God. Number two, what's going to happen in your story? How's it going to end? I hope it starts. <laughs> but I hope you have some great chapters in the middle. Hope you have some chapters that, man, are just amazing. Those young people today wrote some amazing chapters in their life. Do you hear what I just said? Every day, write a new page. Tell the story. What's the results? Your identity will be changed. When you look in the mirror, you won't see someone that's been messed up by the world see a new life in Christ Jesus 
You'll see the countenance of God upon your, on your life. You say, wow, this is amazing. I love that young person today that said, I came to Italy. Go to college. But God changed my life. How would that have happened? If I had missed my moment. If I had just said, no, Jim, we're not going to, we're not going to leave these grandkids. We're going to not leave what we got in America, sell everything we got. We're not going to go to that country. <laughs> no, 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 no. That girl wouldn't have heard. Many of you in this room, you came to this altar. You've given your life to Christ. We got so many more to tell. Remember, it's our job to tell. It's God's job to save. If you'll tell them, God will save them. And you hear me say every week, everybody's savable. And I'll tell you this, my friend. If God can save me, he can save anybody. And just because my grandma got saved, I went on my own little deal period of time long ways away from God that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing today because it's not something I've studied or learned and memorized it's something that's in my heart it's something I believe in whether it was just me and you talking or I'm talking to the thousands of people today that's listening to this message it's the same message God loves you has a plan for your life don't miss your moments would you bow your heads please thank you for listening I pray that you heard from God today today I want to say a prayer with you you need to make sure Christ lives in your life so would you please say this prayer with me dear Lord Jesus I'm sorry for my sins and I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life and from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing. Because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today, that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life. And we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. Bless you.